Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Firewalk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more! This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now! Supplies are very limited. Go to bluerosemag.com today. Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Happy New Year, Brian. Happy New Year, Ben. Ah, uh, we're back. 2020. Not that we left, really, but we're back. I mean, we... Yeah. It, it, you know, honestly, we really... Um, the last time we actually recorded anything that was, like, around the time it was released possibly could have been our Thanksgiving community feedback show. Oh, yeah. And I do have one correction about that. There was an article we talked about a guy who fell in love with his log or whatever, and, and, and I think it was Christian pointed out that it was from a fake webpage. And uh, I was duped. Uh, I was duped. I gotta say, uh, thank you to Scott Ryan for uh, getting on his lawnmower and trying to make it to the party. He, you know, he almost made it. He almost made it. <laughs> he, he went around his house a couple times for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cannot believe that 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 he's done. He says he's done. Like he he has finished his uh, his best of. It, you know, it's and, the end of an era here. It is. You know, and I was thinking about that. I'm going to um, just tell everybody the original idea for that show was a VR-themed one. Oh, now people are going to be like, where's the VR? No, they're not. Um, because It would have worked out perfectly because VR just came out, the Twin Peaks VR. Yeah, and I heard it's not that good. Is that right? Yeah. I hear there isn't much content. Right. I heard it's kind of... I do. Eh. I, I will pay for it if you get it because I don't have a PlayStation VR. It's not on PSVR yet. It will be coming, though. It yes. is It is coming. I don't. They don't have a date yet, but they did say it's going to be coming out for the PS4. Even though I said it's not that great of course i'm gonna get it right, i want to come over and yes. i want to just uh we'll talk the about room and uh... maybe we can record it and put it on youtube yeah channel. i like that idea yeah <laughs> but to go back to the original idea of our best of was vr and scott would go through different uh movies and stuff and it would connect to the interview and because life has been crazy with the book which we'll get to in a minute and podcasting and all this stuff he came up with this idea the street story themed. 
And I yes. loved it. I'm like, yes, Scott did that all by himself with help from his wife and uh, a few other people you'll hear yeah. on that. It was great. We went low key. It was beautiful, I thought. It's too funny. And this year, our best, we're going to do the best of show at the end of the year. For the whole, our, our whole podcast. Right. And, we're and just it, wrap I, it up. I think it would be great to end it with just you and me. A look back at five years? Yeah. And you know, our very first best of was just you and me. Right. And to end. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You, we, I, can, we can pick up our favorite moments. Are we sure we can't blackmail Scott again, tie him up, force you know, him to do it? As we've learned, anything is possible. So by the end of the year, things could change. But as of right now, I think it would be well, th- yeah. nice for have you and me. Well, thank you, Scott. If you're listening, it's it really has been so wonderful that he has uh, been doing these shows for the past few years. I know. It was a lot of fun. And yeah. if you haven't listened to the best of because you thought, well, I heard those interviews. It's the in-between stuff that's really cool. Yes, he's too funny. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, obviously today we're going to review the Z to A box set, but before that, some interesting news happened around the holidays uh, when we were on break, and one of that being the Twin Peaks Festival being moved and being taken over by someone else. Yeah, I mean, CBS basically took back the rights, or they basically said they're going to be the ones. David Lynch and CBS are basically going to be the ones doing the tours and the festivals. It's crazy. Yeah. I, and the I Venera? Mean, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's mixed feelings about it. I mean, here's the thing is that, like, the very first festival, when you think about it, was done by New Line. They did the Fire Walk With Me 1992 festival. Mm. Some people count it and some people don't. I consider it part of the, the festivals, and that was the very first festival in Washington. Yeah. There's mixed feelings. I mean, I think there's a couple reasons why fans are having mixed feelings. I think it's good because maybe that will make it easier for guests to come on. Maybe we'll get new actors to mm-hmm. be part of it. Maybe it can be bigger. I mean, they can show... They can show all of the Twin Peaks episodes, parts, movies. They have rights to a lot more things. Right. I dream uh, that David Lynch somehow would be more a part of it. I mean, when mm-hmm. he, when they can control everything, it makes me wonder if the, if that if they could, you know, if you could do a Skype of David Lynch. I in, mean, in the fact they picked Graceland. Yeah. So the so the very first one that they've taken over looks to be. Uh, what is it? The uh, at Graceland. Yeah, it's the thing. Is the first week of April. It's basically the 30th anniversary. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. It seems like Twin Peaks and Elvis. <laughs> but David Lynch and Elvis goes well together, right? Wild at Heart and stuff. And, and he likes he he has this thing for Elvis. I think so. And you know the reason I bring this up because watching the behind the scenes stuff, listening to Kyle talk about how, what, how David Lynch would direct him. He would say, a little bit more Elvis. Yeah. And it, that, that was interesting. And Nicholas's ca- Nicholas Cage's character was very Elvis-like yes, in Wild sure. at Heart. Oh, yeah. And there's some Love sort of... Too. This is, yeah, yeah, I mean, well. there's some sort of, like, connection between Lynch and, and Elvis and at Graceland, and that makes me believe, what if David Lynch were to show up to this I one? Know. That, yeah, yeah, I know. Who knows? Now the other thing is is that there's there's different tiers of tickets and it gets pricey. The VIP ones get really pricey. But still, the baseline is not that bad. It's no more expensive than you would pay for the other one. The Washington one, yeah. It's like three something. But you get up there, it could be up to a thousand dollars. Yeah, so but I mean, they didn't have tiers. You paid the only right. th- you paid a little extra for the tours. Yeah, and you were there. 
This, you're missing out on the waterfall. You're missing- The whole location. That's the only thing I have, I personally have a mixed feeling about. Yeah, Graceland's pretty awesome. Other than the whole David Lynch connection I just brought up, it it's not the feeling of Twin right. Peaks. I will say that we've we've done the Great Southern, gone to the uh, Festival of Disruption. We've done all these type of things. It really ends up being the people, though. Like right. you could you could put us anywhere, and it's the it's the people that love Twin Peaks that make it so special. So I totally I mean, agree with that. I mean, it really is. If you take away all the trees, you take away all the waterfalls, you take away. All that stuff, and it's just the people. Yeah, it's kind of what it's all about, anyway. So you're right. I mean, you could have this anywhere, and it'd still be special. And I think there's still more information to come. I don't think we have a schedule on what they're gonna actually yeah. end up doing. I would like to. I want to believe that there'll be some kind of big news. Something Twin Peaks related might happen. I love. I would love to believe that Dave Lynch would, you know, Skype in. Or maybe it would just do what we you know, we did the twenty seventeen one and 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 Sabrina's gonna be at this, I think. So maybe she'll bring the phone and say, Hey, David's there in spirit. And right, so, right. Know. This happens around the thirtieth anniversary, the beginning of April. But there's something else that comes out at the beginning of April. Our book. Yes. And I'm gonna segue right into the book. How is the book going? Well, Ben, <laughs> the people we hired to write it are doing a very good job. No, um, we have an update on the book. Uh, we're getting very close to completion. Yes. Um, but we're we also, like in this editing. We're pretty much close to the editing yeah, phase of reviewing. Yeah. And um, and it's, it's on track to come out in April. Very exciting. We're very excited. All the people who pre-ordered in January this month that you're hearing this should be and will be getting... Uh, the special podcast this month. We've hit 200. Yeah, we, we thank are, you we, so we much. We are there. We, thank you to everybody who has pre-ordered. We we made that goal. I think that was, I mean, I don't even know how we came up with the 200. It was our 200th anniversary, I mean, right. 200th show. So I think we did 200. But also that, pri- that, that 200 helps with the cost of just printing the book. So those right. pre-orders are really make it so that we are able to actually even do this. Yeah, and we cannot express how grateful we are for the fact that you guys put your money my family, down. My family appreciates that I'm not going into debt over right, uh, right. Pr- printing books. <laughs> you, your money, pre-ordering this book is helping us print this book. And we it's just like beyond words. I can never, ever yeah. express I how so I much. feel. But this podcast is sort of like our gift back to you to say thank you so much because this podcast is not going to go out to the public. It's going out just for the pre-order people. And so that's going to be going out in your email. So make sure you check that out. And if you haven't pre-ordered, pre-order because you'll get that special podcast and you'll help us out. Right. And you'll get a cool book. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the exciting thing is for people who haven't pre-ordered yet – you now automatically get that podcast. You right. don't have to wait to, for 200 people to pre-order. Now, you pre-order right now at, at bluerosemag.com. And as soon as you uh, order it, uh, uh, an email will be sent to you with how to get the podcast. Such cool people on this podcast. It's like, I'm excited for you because it's so cool. I wish I could be with everybody as they listen to it. The excitement <laughs> I feel. I mean, we, we've said Kyle McLaughlin will be one of the people, but right. yes, there'll be more. A lot of great, special, yeah. uh, very cool people will be on the, that show. And and the book is going to have, uh, I mean, I, I think we've said this, but over about 100 
people, 100 yeah, folks, cast and crew. Also, there's going to be stuff from the community as well. So this book uh, is very special to us, and we appreciate everything, um, all the pre-orders, and the sharing and the liking on Facebook, because even if you can't pre-order, sharing and liking the posts does help spread the word, and yeah. that's very important too. So thank you for doing that as well. Uh, we got a, I got a lot of love on Facebook over the holidays, and uh, that was really cool. Yeah, so. and, and same with Twitter. I mean, a great bunch of people who have really been so supportive. So with all that being said, Ben... Yes. One of the biggest boxes that came out over the holidays. This is the the definitive. This is the last Twin Peaks so they say. video you'll ever need to get. You'll kind ne- of is, though. <laughs> I mean, the Z to A box set. I mean, it kind of is. It's got it all. Yes. One, two, Firewalk Me, The Missing Pieces, season three. And then some. Yes, I think I want to say seven hours of content. The behind the curtain stuff. I was looking at the times. Each they do one for every episode. It runs between twenty to thirty minutes. Yes, and it's a lot. Yes. Yeah. Probably my favorite thing from season three Blu-ray DVD set, and this one, of course, is that we get so much of David Lynch behind the scenes. Like, right. I mean, people are like, "Oh, we'll never get like audio commentaries, or we don't even get your typical interviews sitting down and him telling us about Twin Peaks." But this is almost the best of. All. You get to see him at his work, and how does he come up with these things? How does he? Right. How does he talk to those actors and say, "No, no, no, you got to do more like this and stuff," mm-hmm. and to be able to just be like a fly on the wall and witness. This amazing director doing his, his job in his element. Yeah. And like to me, that's like probably my favorite stuff in these, these this box set and the previous. Uh, and Lynch three. is not going to tell you how he directs or anything, but seeing him in action is right. like it's it's really cool. I, yeah. I I I find I find myself being captivated, just like enthralled and very entertained by all these behind the scenes stuff. Yes. Let's start from the beginning when it comes to reviewing this box set. Let's start with the packaging. Because I do have a few things I'm kind of, I have things I like and things I didn't I didn't like. Um, I love the box. I well, love the whole design uh, you, of the you box. You say box. It literally is the a shape box. of a box. It literally is a square. And I look at it sometimes and like if they wanted to, they could have made a glass box. Like it's almost like the perfect you know, I I must think, boy, whoever came up marketing, you so you totally could have done something where it's like plastic clear through, and maybe you could have seen what was inside the box. Have a floating Cooper. Or something. something I don't know. I mean, this is still wonderful, but I it's almost like it was almost yeah. like a missed opportunity. It's like, oh, you could have actually made a glass box, seen inside of it, and then seen the packaging inside this to be something else. It's still really cool, and actually, I do. I can't believe it's taken this long to figure it out. A red room packaging. Yeah, you know I what mean, though? Like, that is like you open it iconic. up and you're in the red room. Yes, I mean, I mean, it's taken 30 years for us to figure <laughs> out that like, yes, we love the red room. The packaging should be the curtains, and and we even get like, yeah, this this magnet of uh, Cooper and Laura. Yeah, Laura which is kissing. so cool, yeah. and like it has a little plastic, so it have kind you of taken it out it. of the plastic yet. <laughs> no, I have it set up just like yours. Yeah, I have it in there, and it's so cool, like. And there's a, it's a magnet. It goes. It it fits in there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And the cool thing is, I think this looks nice on your shelf too. Um, I think the packaging is perfect. It doesn't take up too much room. I've gotten box sets like the Lost box set. Oh yeah. Where oh, it's my so gosh. long and big. It looks like a game board. It looks, yes. It's like literally the size of a game board. You take it out, and there's like 
so much cardboard. But where and... do you put the box? Oh, no. It's so big. And then I have the the X Files one, which is very oddly. Is it Blu-ray? Is this the, the... Yeah, and it's oddly bit too big. Yeah. But this fits perfectly on a on a shelf with other Blu-rays or DVDs. Yes, that's. I think it was genius. Totally. Inside the box, you have three folders. You have one folder with season one and two and Firewalk Me, Missing Pieces. Then you have another folder with season three, a bunch of bonus stuff. And then you have a third folder that has cards, uh, which are very beautiful uh, Red Room Gallery cards. Some of them are Richard Beamer fo- photographs. I, I noticed uh, that. I was, I, that's nice. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was really cool. Now, here's where I get into something I I wish they did. Now, I, I love the simplistic look. It's clean. It's not cluttered with words and numbers. And I appreciate that. But this is where reality sets in for me as someone who's like, I'm taking these out and moving thin, things around. I'm trying to get my notes together. I forget oh, this sleeve, what is in this sleeve? Then I have to lift the disc up to see. I wish on the spine of the sleeve it would say season one and two and the next spine, season three, just Good so point. I would know Yes, because it's a guessing game at this point. True. my And I know this is how packaging is done now, but I still miss the old days of at individual cases that these – DVDs, Blu-rays were more protected. I mean, now it's just this cardboard, and you it's a sleeve, and you put it in. And it can get scratched. And it gets scratched. And now, go on. Do you have anything to say? Because I have something to, to uh, piggyback on that. Piggyback on it. This is one thing I think a big missed opportunity here by Showtime. Um, and I will put the blame on Showtime because, obviously, these people put it together. In the day and age of digital... Every movie you buy comes with digital code. Why did we not get a digital code right. for this box set? I got for Christmas the Marvel Saga box set. Uh, it has a digital code for every movie. Every movie has a digital oh code. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. Why in this world right. it does not have a digital code that I can go to Vudu or at iTunes, type it in, and I can watch these um, on the fly. And I'm pretty sure they're already digital. I think iTunes, ha- I can buy season three. Yeah, I think I, it, it's not It's not like it's not, it's, I, they must already have it on a yeah. digital format. But I'm, I'm just saying like. You're right. I, this day and age, I would be. Because, okay, this beautiful box set. This is my only complaint. You buy this beautiful box set. Then if I want to watch the special features, I got to dig around to find the disc. Right. I buy any movie, I put the digital code in, all the special features show up on oh, Voodoo. Beautiful. So I can go and watch all the special features at right. my leisure, and I don't have to dig around for a disc. It's becoming my... I watch the movie on the disc because the quality is amazing. Yeah. But special features, some, I don't care really if the quality is high. I just want to see it. Right. Um, also, hey, I'm in the mood to watch this. I can open up an app, and there it is. You still own it. Right. You know, I bought the product, you know. I I just don't know why they didn't give us digital code. It just seems like a big misopportunity. Maybe the next box set. Um, I don't know. Unless I, I mean, unless David Lynch is personally going to talk to me, I don't Uh, know how I'm going to buy another one. This is my, I mean, how many do you have now of Twin Peaks? (laughs) Well, I have. It's like Star Wars at this point for us. I mean, I had the VHS tapes. I have season one DVDs. I think they did season 
two, was it season two? And then they did the gold box, and then they did, yeah, and then we got to the missing pieces one, and now we've gotten to season three, and then we have this thing. So I've got, when you think about it, I must have at least three times. Yeah. like uh, Twin Peaks three times and stuff. And but. at this point, give us a digital code, and then we can just. <laughs> I know. It just seems silly. But it's, all, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Miss opportunity and my, and my thing. Also, I will say this too. I don't know. I don't know anything how these are made. I don't know any of this. But we did get the 4K um, versions of episode eight and the pilot. But this is on all Blu-ray. You know, everything's on Blu-ray other than that special thing. If they given us a code, that could that code could have been basically for a 4K version of the entire thing of season three. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the digital versions are 4K. Right. They could have saved money. Well, no, I think, I mean, this is my belief that in five years, we will be getting a 4K version of everything. Maybe. I think that's, I think, I feel like this is a test, that that was like a test disc to see like what do people think and let's test it out. And in five years, they will come out with another version. I don't know if I would buy it in 4K. I know. Well, I, I, that's a good segue for me. So. Yeah. So that was your yeah that was you're talking about uh, Marvel. That was your Christmas gift. Yeah. You really outdid me. Like my Christmas gift. <laughs> Allison, did, I, my wife surprised me because I said it to oh her in Lord. passing. All I said was, "Oh, I really want to get that." A long time ago. Wow. It was a big surprise. So my my big Christmas present for me was a 4K Blu-ray player, and that was what I wanted. So you can see this so beautiful. I can, yeah, so I can, so I can experience. I mean, I've had a 4K TV for a few years, and like, yeah. I've never gotten to see probably the best quality. I mean, I guess we do stream 4K, but you still yeah, can't. Flex. It's not the same. I still think the quality is better on a disc than on streaming. Hands down, it's compressed. Right. Um, but on disc, yes. It's so I mean, beautiful. for me, it was like I'm gonna see how the best quality I can see on this right. TV. And my wife thought I was crazy. I'm getting a, I, I already have a Blu-ray player. Why do I need another Blu-ray but player? But now you can but buy 4K. 4K. Right. You can buy 4K now, movies. Yeah. I know. I'm thinking about getting Matrix, maybe some some kind of action I, I, Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Star Wars, uh, in a couple months, we're going to get the entire Skywalker saga in 4K, which is a must-buy. Yet again, is, we're buying it again, but I'm going to do it. A New Hope. How is that going to be? What... I mean, is it going to be? Uh, it's going to be. It's uh, going to be. Let's not go there. It's going to be digital we'll, remastered. We'll talk about that afterwards. But it's so cool. So I got I got the player, and I was able to watch uh, the pilot and uh, uh, part eight. Yeah. And boy, the, it is beautiful, and I feel like I feel like I'm in the theater. I feel like I'm watching a play. Like it is so good that I really feel like I'm. I'm standing in front of Harry Truman uh, unwrapping Laura Palmer. Like, it's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. And my wife, like I said, she was like, I don't see why you need this player. But she got it because she loves me and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then she sees it. It's like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was going to look that good. So right. I thought it, it was so beautiful. So being a huge Twin Peaks fan, for me, it was like, after watching this, it's like, I want – I want all of season three on 4K. Like, I mm, want to relive. Mm. I mean, it was great to be able to see the atomic bomb, but I want to, like, I want to see more of the Red Room, and I want to see other stuff in 4K. But right. it was beautiful, so I might be the minority, but I might, if they come out on 4K, especially season three, I'd like to get it. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe it is. I, I mean, I hope, I hope for your sake, and, you know, I'm a sucker, too. Yes. You know, but 
We'll see. I'm, I'm happy they did this, though. Yeah. Very cool. And talking about 4K, there are some people that have had problems with the disc. That uh, it, really? it, it's 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 I think glitching and and they're having some issues with it. I can tell you that I watched the pilot and part eight and there was no problems with my disc. Sometimes it's the player too. Like I've heard consoles sometimes have issues with discs. I, would, I mean it wouldn't be a console because I don't think uh, does I don't think PlayStation or Xbox. Xbox is 4K player. Oh, does okay. yeah. But here's my advice to anybody who might have a glitch. I bought a 4K disc. And I made the mistake of grabbing it out of the the case uh, poorly, and my fingerprint, my fingerprint just got on inside, and I played it in the middle of the movie, skipped, stopped. I was like, "What?" Took it out, and there's my fingerprint. So I got um, you get one of those uh, pieces, you get those cloth, uh, microfabric oh, yeah. cloth. I lightly, lightly got rid of my fingerprint, put it back in, no problem. So just an off chance you have a problem. Check for those fingerprints. I actually think I was looking at my disc today, and I might have some fingerprints on them. So I might. The have laser is so sensitive wow. when it comes to 4K. DVD, you could scratch the living crap out of that thing, and it's gonna work. Blu-ray got a little bit more sensitive. 4K for me, my fingerprint made mine. Check that out. Maybe. So did you watch? Did you watch? Uh, uh, <clears throat> you watch the pilot? And, yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, it, it looked beautiful. It does. It looks. So, I, I couldn't say it pores, any better. You saw the pores of people's skin, and yeah. it's like the detail. It was just like. Oh. What else do we want to talk about? Well, this? I, I have one thing about the packaging before we go. Okay. Before we move on to like the special features, I don't know if anybody else noticed this. The piece of paper that wraps on the back uh, and that gives you the details of everything has Cooper's quote from the pilot, and the timestamp is wrong. It is. The timestamp is uh, 7.30 a.m. February 24th, but in the show, it's really 11.30 a.m. February 24th. I thought that was an odd mistake. It really was. I don't know how they got it so wrong. For it to make a mistake like that just seems odd. Yeah, I don't know how they got... You so noticed that, too? I was like... Oh, yeah. It was really I, odd. I'm like, no, it wasn't 7.30 a.m. Right. <laughs> and I, then I, I, look, I, I go to IMDb, look at the quote, I'm like, yeah. I Whoever knew. was typing then, it was, literally was 7.30 a.m. Yeah. They're tired, and they're like... They're supposed to write 11.30, and they're like, oh, it's 7.30 in the morning, I'm so tired. And I gotta get this wrote, out. And they just wrote 7.30. I, I'm sure it was like a careless thing like that where they knew what they were supposed to write and they just mm. typed in the wrong thing. Luckily, just the paper backing, they could change that. But this is a limited edition. So once, I think once it sells out, it's done. Yeah, 25,000 copies, right? That's right. It. Yeah, that's it. So then you can always be like, I want this for the wrong information. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was an odd, an odd thing. Um, but other than that, I love the packaging. I love everything about it. I just think the digital code was a huge mistake. I thought that that should have been in this day and age. It I wonder have what been others. There. So this is made by CBS. I wonder if CBS, like, what their other stuff is. Like Star Trek. I wonder if Star Trek, if they are doing digital. Like, it might just be that they're the company's policy not to do digital, uh, offer digital. Versions. I thought the same thing too, and I was going to do some research and I forgot. Yeah. But I know, how could you be like? Does this come with a digital code? I don't really know how to find that out. But hey, if someone's out there and has an answer for us, give us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped.gmail.com because I'd love to know. Yes. I, I, and, you know, maybe we could do a follow up on that. I just thought it was a missed opportunity. That's and all. And there are people out there that know how to rip, uh, you know, 
Blu-rays and make it digital I don't. for themselves. Yeah. I know there's a whole there's a there's different people. Some people think I own it. I'm not gonna give it to people. I just want it for myself right. to archive and, and have a can, backup. Right. Because I know I do get so concerned about. I care more about the the extras than I do even about the the show because I've right. seen the show on Netflix and and other places. And Showtime, uh, but yeah, to lose those extras, they'll be kind of sad. Right, and like I said, these discs are so fragile. If a, you get a scratch or anything, they're really hard to get a uh, replacement or get them fixed. But let's let's dig into the special features, Ben. Behind the curtain. So you know what's funny is Richard Beamer. <laughs> Richard Beamer has his documentary, and it's called Behind the Red Curtain. And it's funny that, and it's still included in this packaging on one of the discs. Yeah. So we have we have Richard Beamer's Behind the Red Curtain, and then we have Jason S. who did a documentary where it's like, I want to say he's like a foreigner who's who's following uh, David Lynch around. Mm-hmm. And then you have more of Jason S.'s uh, stuff he shot, but it's now called right the the Behind, Behind the, the Curtain. Curtain. So it's interesting how they package some of this stuff, and I I question whether some of the stuff. We saw. We did. I mean, what is? Yeah, finish my thought real quick. The stuff that's part of this five-hour Jason S. following David Lynch. Some of that material is in behind the curtain. Right. So I don't know if I watch both of them. Am I going to see the same material? This is how I saw it. Yeah. A lot of the stuff was an extension and things we didn't see. Fair enough. Fair I, enough. The other ones were like ten minutes. 12 yes. minutes. Yeah. These are almost half an hour on every episode. And we saw some behind the scenes stuff we did not get. True. I'm not complaining. No, I'm no. But you're right. There is some stuff that I kind of like. I saw this. I, I can skim through it. I totally, totally. You're going to see some stuff you're familiar with. If you had watched it all, you're going to see some reruns here. Right. To be a fly on the wall to actually see David Lynch direct, you can't beat that. Hearing David Lynch call all the actors by their characters' names was very interesting to me. I, I like that. And then when he would – there was a question with the script. You would see Lynch kind of look off in the distance. You could see his eyes moving uh-huh. and it, it, he's squinting. And it's like he's he, it's like a human computer. Yep. And he's going through the script Chowing in his head. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be like, no, I want this. And it was like... You can tell, like, he's really paint. He, it's the mind of a painter. He's using these people to paint a picture, right? To the, to the, like, to down to the T. Like, yeah. he'd be like, I want you this low. I want you to say it this slow. I want you to say it with this infliction. Yeah. Like, the way he was molding people, it was like they were clay yes. and he was the master. Very fascinating, and we still gotta we still gotta look at this. Is this is an eighteen hour movie? Like I was exhausted just watching him. <laughs> How did he do it? I mean, right? I mean, from what we know, he he was he was directing. He was helping out with makeup. He was helping out re- rewriting scripts. He, I mean, he was like. I, I I'm gonna jump to this part. Um, one of my favorite my favorite things is with Sherwin Fenn, and I like this one because this. This was a little bit more, this was extended from what we already saw. You can tell there's definitely this emotional bond between her and him. Oh, yeah. But she was, I didn't get this from the other one. This one I did. She was very emotional before they filmed, during and after. And you can see the look on her face to me anyway. What I got of it was she didn't know where this was going. She didn't know what this all meant 
but she truly trusts David Lynch yeah. to take her somewhere that she was like, you can tell she was very apprehensive about the whole thing. Like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Where are you going? You know, and right. Lynch, I noticed one thing. There was no script involved. It was very like Lynch telling her the lines, she doing the lines, telling her what to do. She would do it. Right. I didn't, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I didn't see anybody behind Lynch saying, this is the lot. Because you see that a lot where the, the, the PA or someone's like, you got to say, this is what you wrote, David, you know? Right. But, like, it was, like, very emotional. It like, was. she was, like, like in tears a lot. I know. I was watching that. I was trying to have it, like, and we talked with her. And and it's funny, from what she said to us talking, I didn't feel it was the same as what I witnessed. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I was trying to figure it out, like, is she nervous? Is she uncomfortable? Is this overwhelming? I feel like and it then, was emotion overwhelming, maybe. Or maybe this was just, like... This was, this was so far off from Audrey that we right, all knew right. from, you know, almost 30 years ago that this was, like, a huge undertaking that, like, yeah. Well, we do know a few facts. We do know that the, the original scene for her was thrown away because she did not approve of it, right? We yeah. know that yep. there was a hairdresser. She was going to be a hairdresser or whatever. I think she still is in, in Mark Frost's book. Right. But we knew she didn't like it. David gave her something brand new, but maybe because that was so... And she would say that they kind of found that story together. Yeah. So to me, it's like this was kind of happening in real time. We're watching two very professional people, an actress putting all her trust in someone, praying this is going to be good, and him doing his best to give her something. And it was kind of really, I, I really love, this is kind of like my favorite part to watch. Um, also, it reminds me when we saw episode 12 together down at the uh, the fast. Now, mind you, she was there, but she didn't go for the screening. Yes. And we know that she was nervous. She didn't know what people were going right. to feel seeing her first scene. We all went nuts. Yeah. I mean, we all screamed when she showed up. But honestly, we were all very perplexed by the end of that, going, what happened? Right. No, not in a bad way. It was more no, confusion. No, it was more like, where is she? What's and, going and, on? And she yeah, there's so many questions. And, She's married. Yeah, and in Twin Peaks season three, for me, and I, I'm sure for a lot of people, but for me personally, there were things that started off I wasn't sure about, and I didn't get, and I didn't, it, it, I didn't get it, so I automatically was like, ah, this is stupid. I don't know where this is going. But then w when you go on that journey and then you get to the end, you I liked it. Yeah. Like, I didn't like the beginning of Candy's arc. Like, I'm like, this is like... You didn't like Candy. But like, I didn't get like the whole her hitting and all that stuff. But then when you get to the end, I get it. And with her, it's like, none of us got her and Charlie. What is going on? And we right. were, we were like... This is this. What can this be? You know. And then when you get to that final scene, it's like, wow, it. There's something there. It's so it's deeper than we thought. Yes. So I think she was nervous, but yeah, it, right. I I like for me, it just she just seemed very emotional. She did. And very yeah, emotional. Yeah. 
At least when she was younger, it seemed like that's always how she was. When we talked to her, mm. that like, oh, David Lynch just decided I'm gonna have make me dance now, right? And like, it's like, and she was like very uncomfortable. Was like, what do you mean I'm gonna dance? That's not part of the script. Like, I can be that way. That you know, change is hard. You yes, know, you think you're doing one thing, and then you go off and do something else, and like. You know, sometimes you kind of overthink things and like, mm-hmm. you know, she's all of a sudden, you know, if she was a hairdresser and all of a sudden now she's married and she's talking about these characters that we've never heard of and she can't leave and what's happening and right. how am I playing this? Is this really happening? Is this a dream? Is this, you know, what, I mean, how do you... If her and Lynch came up with this kind of together, this could be more personal to her than we we actually know. True. It could be something deeper, meaningful to her... That we'll never know, and maybe that's, a good that's point. maybe that's yeah. why it's so emotional. I mean, this is doesn't to me seem very scripted. This is very kind of in the moment. I mean, obviously they knew what they were gonna do, but yeah. like I didn't see any scripts. I just yeah, you just see Lynch saying, well, "I yeah, want you yeah. to say this. I want you to say this." So well, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think from what we've learned too is that the, if there were scripts, it had to be locked up too, so that right. you couldn't have the scripts on the You're set right. too. So, and but, it, yeah, they would. Uh, from what we learned was they had a day to look at. The, they had one page or one or day. Or you could go back to a, a place that was, I mean, a, 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 right. a trailer or wherever it was, and you could sign it out, look it out. You couldn't, you couldn't leave the room. Yes. And you'd look at it, and then you'd give it back. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But anyway, I, that's I know, my favorite. Tangent. I, I just rewatched that today too, and and it is it's emotional, it's powerful, and Lynch is powerful too because he's like, I mean, I think we've all seen this because this is also a clip out there before. Uh, I think for maybe maybe it was even the season three box set or whatever. But that Lynch is like almost like he's strangling uh, Sherilyn Fenn. He's like, Rah, you fuck it. Rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like he's trying to get her. Like it's like you got to be angry. You got to be mad. Because he's telling her how to choke Charlie. Yes. But when he goes there, it's like holy crap! crap is, I know. This is, this is I, I don't want to mess with David Lynch. Oh my god, he goes from G golly old cherry pie to <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, serial killer. <laughs> David Lynch, the serial killer. The anger in his eyes were like frightening. Yes, you never want him on no. your bad side. Keep meditating. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Keep the meditation going. Yes. Yeah, that was really good. So I don't know if you, I, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Twitter, but I mean, you go on Facebook, you do, I think, Reddit and stuff. But yeah. one of the things that came up with uh, Welcome to Twin Peaks, uh, Peter Dom came across was Beware of the 13th Sycamore. And so it was part one behind the scenes footage. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're in the... Um, I call it the White Lodge, but you're in that black and white with the fireman right, and right. Cooper. And there's a, there's a point where uh, the fireman actually has dialogue that says, Beware the 13th Sycamore. And people have wondered what that was all about. So that was cut and never made it to the show. And we saw behind the scenes stuff with the 13th Sycamore with the trees that they filmed outside with the red curtain and Cooper walks through. It and you saw the uh, the oil, the hole oh, with yeah. the oil. Well, I think that would be 12 sycamores. I mean, that was we learned that from Wyndham Earl, I think, who says there's 12 sycamores. So, what's the 13th? So, I mean, I think John John Bernardi has brought this up. He did a post on the 25 years uh website 25 years later, mm-hmm. and uh, and I agree with him. I think he brought this up, but I feel like maybe. It's the um uh, the little man from another place. Yes. Uh, the arm. He uh, he might be in a sycamore tree. Like, right. I kind I of feel, agree. I feel like that. 
Some people also think the there's a sick maybe it's a sycamore that's one. It's where the vortex is and the naked woman is is. Now here's another question: what, Wasn't Dougie's street name Sycamore? Yes, that could be thirteenth too. Yeah, I, but I, I my gut's telling me it's probably uh, the the arm. It's probably the little man from. You know what? Place. There's so many. I know, but it's funny that that was just something that was dropped. That I, but it's something that yeah. So one of my least favorite parts of season three. Um, I wasn't, my least favorite part was Freddy punching Bob the orb, because to me, you didn't, you can't fight this evil like that, but hey, it is what it is, but I love the behind the scenes. Behind the scenes of this one scene made the scene better for me. What scene is this? Um, Freddy is punching the camera, and I loved how they put rubber around the lens of this camera, and it was like, um... You know, uh, a steady cam, jib sort of deal, and the guy was holding it, and he, he kind of looked like a cool little robot. He had the camera, and then he would lunge at Freddie Sykes, yes. and then Freddie would punch the side of the camera, and he could give it a good whap. And at the end of the scene, he fractures the uh, glass on the camera. It's all cracked. Well, it, all it was was it, it is a um, glass protector. Yes, it's not and the he, actual yeah, glass. he just it's broke like, the protector. But it's yeah, cool. It is very cool. But it was such a cool thing to see the how this wasn't done in post. Like they didn't just make it look shaky. He Practical was, effects. Yeah, and to kind of go along with this, it was actually really cool. David Lynch had a little. Um, a handheld, you know, snap camera. He had it in video mode, and all those scenes you'd get of the shaky, it's him with the camera just shaking it. And, right. And then you'd be like, action, and you see him shaking it, and be like, cut. So right. that's Lynch filming those really close ups of everything yeah, shaking. Was, I think the best example I thought was when you're in that red room and Cheryl Lee has to be uh, taken away. Right. And they're, they're having issues with. I guess they, you know, they weren't allowed to like strap her up up into the sky, and so they couldn't actually lift her up. Mm-hmm. And so they were going back and forth, like, "What do we do?" And I think that Lynch decided, "I will just manually take this camera and shake it, and it'll make you feel like she's being uh, uh, taken away." And, and it it worked. It worked. I, I mean, love a it. combination of different things. But it was neat to see. There's one of those things like, "What do you do when something doesn't work?" And and I love that that Lynch's style is like I'm gonna do it myself. I'm gonna come up with a solution mm-hmm. for this and just do it. And Lynch knows when to let the professionals do it, and then he he kind of knows when. Hey, I I can do this, and that's just I don't know, just so cool to see him doing that. Even Lynch, he had his hands in everything, even filming some pivotal moments. The Freddy scene is my favorite punching bob but that behind the scenes i thought was just so cool like i love the technical stuff oh, yeah. like that so george griffith the ray fucker there <laughs> he I, he mentioned about how uh in part eight of behind the scenes all he says is tricked you and usually he says tricked you fucker and mm. he, but i guess the the script said tricked you so he doesn't explain it on twitter but it's at some point I'm guessing David Lynch and him had a conversation and added the word fucker, but it's, I mean, it's, it's classic Ray to think that like, first, you know, uh, Mr. C always calls him, uh, Ray the fucker there. And mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. to have him come back and say to Mr. C tricked you, you fucker. fucker. I, I know it's just a classic line to me. And it's funny to hear that, 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 that wasn't even in the script at some point there. 
I guess they're playing around doing that shot, and we don't get to see it in in the blue. I mean, on this in this box, that all we hear is that he's saying just tricked you. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I don't know. So somewhere, I I'm hoping that at some point George will share that story of how that came about. I know it's just one word, <laughs> but it's still that emphasis, and it, I think it it's to me it's more powerful than just saying tricked you. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's sort of like in uh, Star Wars when uh, when uh, Akbar says it's a trap. Yeah. The original line was not that good, and they said it's a trap. Oh, yeah. But the original line was like, you know, don't go there. I don't know. It was right. lame. It was lame. You look it up. It was a lame line. But sometimes when you come up with something on the spot, it's right. even better than what, what was written in the script. Yeah. So speaking of uh, actors and stuff, I mean, we did lose Robert uh, Forrester this year. It's really cool to see some behind-the-scenes Jack Rabbit stuff with him. Oh yeah, and I think those moments are really like worth having now. This is just a really cool scene. It's between uh, Robert Forrester and David Lynch. He's going over some lines about. I have to. I'm thinking this happens after they go through everything, and they come back, and Robert, um, you know, he says the time. I think it was 12.43, and basically saying time hasn't passed, he's setting his watch. And David Lynch is, they're talking it over. And then Robert Forrester goes, oh, it really is 2.43. Now, don't quote me on the time. I'm just, that's what I remember it as. But he goes, it really is 2.43. And then David Lynch, he, he turns into a kid. He turns into, like, a kid. He's like, ooh, that really is creepy. And, like, but the he way he- numbers. Yeah, yeah, he loves numbers, and we learned that from his memoir about numbers, about licenses, and the time he wakes up. But when Robert Forrester said that, there was just this life in Lynch yeah. that like was just like, so ooh, that really is creepy. Yeah. Like, he's one of us. Yeah. You know, he's he, he gets excited by these little tiny coincidences. Right. And I thought that was just like a cool little moment that they captured on film. That was really awesome. Yeah, that was just really cool. kind of cool. Like, yeah. oh, wow. Because they're talking about this time. But it really is that time. Right. Lynch is very serious and he wants to get down to business and he doesn't want to mess around. He gets gets stuff done. But there are these moments where he can kind of like laugh and chuckle and just enjoy the moment. And yeah. Stuff. And, I, and I love seeing that too while they work. Especially I see it with Kyle. You know, when he, he hangs out with Kyle, he's, you know, best friends with them. And they kind of kid around a little bit. And speaking of Kyle, every time there was a Ducky Jones scene, before they get into it, he'd be like, Remember, you're a drunk imbecile. That was his thing. You're, so Dougie Jones was a drunk imbecile. He oh, would use those words. All, yes. You're drunk. You're an imbecile. Right. You're drunk. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool that Dougie Jones is just a drunk imbecile. Yes. Oh. And he's not letting on to any of the actors of what these characters could possibly mean. Right. These characters are just being molded by him. It's true. It's really kind of cool. You, you always put yourself like, if I was a director, I would over explain things. And yes. lunch is so simple. Just like, here's a couple words. Yes. That's all you need. Yes. You know, it's so interesting how he does he this. something. You're right. It only needs a couple words. It's like, slower, louder. No. Drunk imbecile. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> go with it. Go with it. Also, to kind of go back, like, I was tired. Like, I was exhausted watching this. And, you know, they mentioned how they, were, they did this for nine months. And nights and days. And Lynch was doing everything. And this man just is full of energy. It's amazing. Like, that's a long time, nine months. 
Yeah, I guess it was not. I was counting. I was saying September to May. Yeah, that is really is nine months. Yeah, they mentioned it was like nine months. I mean, I'm... it's interesting to see that you know there's this part where where they go on uh, a holiday vacation. Like I think that they might be at the uh, the twelve sycamore trees, and they're like, okay, that's a wrap. Merry right. Christmas. Merry Christmas. That we'll be back after the holidays. But it's kind of funny to see like that work, 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 and now let's take. I mean. Yeah, yeah, you're only on vacation for like a week or two, and then right back <laughs> at it. I'm sure Lynch was doing stuff. Yeah, and all I did around. appreciate. I don't know if it was every scene that they did this, but they, I did appreciate when they gave us the date because, yes. of course, of course, that you know it's not going to be in the order of the parts. So oh God, it, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. I mean, like they did some things in this one, they did some here, but and it's it, it must be very confusing to the actors. Like right, like watching this was probably a big experience because yeah. none of them like. I filmed this first, but that was at the end. Right. You know, I filmed this in the middle, but that was in the beginning. Yes. Like, it was like a big puzzle. It's true. This is why I'm saying it was exotic. Him and Dwayne Dunham are amazing. Yes. Like, just to have everything in order, and it's just an amazing work they did together. Also, before we move on to the interviews and stuff, episode eight, seeing... Uh, the radio station and the diner stuff was really cool because that's something we didn't really get into. We saw them making yes, the radio station, right. but we didn't get to see behind the scenes of him in the diner with the waitress and then with the radio DJ and the, uh, and the uh, secretary. And also, you got to see a close-up of the woodsman without the filters they would put on for the show. And you're right. It wasn't black. It was like green and different colors. And this is Debbie told us when we, we interviewed her, and I I didn't see it watching the show. I mean, it's hard because it's black and white. Right. But yeah, to be able to see it. In color. In you're color. like, wow, it was totally different. Right. And it was kind of cool. The, the coolest part, you got to see behind the scenes with Lynch working with the little girl in bed. He makes this little frog moth. He calls it a frog moth. Huh. And he makes a prop. And he puts it on the bed, and he goes, "There, there it is. It's gonna go in your mouth." And then she's laying there. She's like, "Oh, hi, buddy!" And it's a little, little prop. And it was so cool. It looks totally different. Dave, Dave Lynch made it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder where that prop is to this day. Oh, that'd be cool. That's so cool. Oh. Um, that should be. It could be their own toy line of. Uh, oh God! <laughs> you want to scare your child? Yes. But I thought this stuff was like really cool and worth worth buying this box set. Oh yeah, that, I that. mean, I'm so glad. I, I mean, I think we all thought there was uh, maybe even Sabrina said it that Jason S there had had recorded so much footage. Oh god, and it was like I even think that's true with Richard Beamer. I don't know if any more of his his work was actually put into this, but I mean, I knew there was more uh, behind the scenes out there, and so great that we got that. And uh, when they come out with their 4K version, I hope we get more. Uh, <laughs> we're all gonna buy <laughs> we're like, like suckers. Okay. Oh, this is nice. I just want to say, like, the Roadhouse music videos. I mean, that is so cool to be able to get, like, the whole version of it and not... Totally agree. And the quality of it, too. I mean, it looked great. Amazing. I, I don't know if it looked at... To me, it looked better than the show. I don't know why that is, but, like, I was watching. I was like, this is really cool. Like, Well, you don't have the credits rolling over it. You don't oh, have maybe any... Maybe that's it. You're right. Maybe there isn't all this distraction and stuff. Yeah. Right. It, yeah that's, uh, that's a great point. No credits, and then you don't have any cut cutaways to any characters. Yeah, they did have maybe a couple of them, but for the most part, it was just stage and audience. And, and I want to bring up one thing. The first thing I went to was the Julie Cruz performance because it perplexed me. To no end, why her performance was, was cut. cut. 
And we, there was a whole question of whether she was upset about that. There was a lot of things happened we didn't understand. What 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 was your feelings after seeing that? Okay, so that was the first one. I gotta watch this. It was very beautiful. Uh, it's an emotional, moving song. I was very well shot. I loved it. But after watching this, I can say personally, where that would have been, that music video was over six minutes long. I honestly believe Lynch or, or you know, wanted, it's for pacing. I think per, I, just seeing it out of context, it's a beautiful thing, right? But seeing it in the context of the show, now I know how long it was. I think maybe it would have taken away the whole mood. I agree. That's why. I agree. That's, and it, it, yeah. it is kind of like a throwback to the reveal of who killed uh, Maddie there, right. the killer and stuff. Yeah. And you have that same kind of thing. And But it's almost done in reverse where Laura is taken away, and that's the big reveal. And then you cut to the roadhouse, and she's singing. and mm-hmm. like. But when they show us in the show, you get the key moments of the song right. because the beginning of this song, like, it's a couple minutes before she actually starts singing. Yes. It's very right. long. I agree with you. I think that because of the pace, mm. like maybe it was in a different context. If it was like a regular any other episode, you probably could have done the whole right. thing. But you're right. Because of the, the feeling of it, it would seem. Maybe it was just too long for pacing. It would. I think so. That's what I get. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm going to go with anyway. That's my and feeling. I'm going to get myself in trouble with this. I don't know if it was my favorite music video. Like, I love Julie Cruz, but like. It was very slow. It was slow. Compared and, to everything I, else. Yeah. And I love that music. I love everything yeah, about yeah. it. But it was like, I'm oh. trying to remember the audience. I'm trying to remember how the audience Oh, they were just swaying. Yeah. It's just it's a just... sway. It's, it, I, I'm not going to sit. this is not in a derogatory way, but it's almost a mood killer. Yeah. Because you have a momentum happening. Right. And you have all this stuff happening. And if you were to give us the six minute cut of this video, it could have killed it. Yep. And maybe, we don't know, but maybe they, they they tried it out and they said, well, it does kill the mood. Yeah. Maybe we just want certain parts of the song. And I can see that now. I mean, you, you, know, you know. I don't think this is David Lynch style or, or uh, Dwayne Dunham. But what I could see is if they did like a box within a box or, or a dissolve where you see Cooper's reaction for six minutes, but kind of like this kind of like, if you kind of saw the emotion of Cooper being lost, that he's lost Laura Palmer, and maybe you could hold on to it for a little bit longer, but you would need some other emotional thing to go, not just audience and Julie Cruz. I feel like you right. need you need to to visually see other things from right. Twin Peaks. I think I, I think they made the right call. Yeah, me too. And you know, you make a great point when you say that because when you go back to when she sang at the Roadhouse in in season two. You have shots of that whole, of everybody in the roadhouse almost deflating this yeah, emotional weight. you have Donna, you have Donna, you have James, and you feel that emotion. And right. I think you need to do that again. And some people will almost feel like, oh. You're just repeating yourself. You're just repeating yourself. Even that they're, they're, they're kind of on that, on that uh, fine line of where they can go and stuff. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, I think they made the right call. It's funny, I'm sure the first music video I watched was had to be uh, Shadows. Yes, <laughs> of course. So good. I yeah. don't know. I mean. It's the it, first one we saw, and right, but it was good. It was I, th- I, w- I really loved the music video. It's one of those things that I could just, just watch and just have going on in the background all the time. It, it's it, so it, entertaining. And this is why they should have done digital codes because can you imagine? Uh, you hop on the app, 
You just watch the music videos? Yes. Because you have you to dig- on your phone, which David Lynch would love me to tell yeah. you that. I but could- now you have to go get the discount, put it in. Yeah, I know. You know? But it's nice. Yeah. Th- yeah. Going into this, I knew the Roadhouse music videos were going to happen. I thought maybe we would get more than what was in the show. Like, I really thought we might get, like, oh, another version of the chromatics singing mm. something else. But mm. It they- just seemed to be the same. I mean, they stay st- strictly with what the show, which is cool, and yeah. I'm very happy. I'm not complaining, but at the same time, I was like, I feel like there's more out there than just a... That's the 4K box set. Ah. Uh, they're going to give us, like, <laughs> the throwaways. Right. These are uh, other performances we did not get to see. Mm-hmm. I guess let's go into the Harry and Kimmy on yeah, the couch that, interview. That was sweet. Now, here's something that, you know, like, Harry Gomez... Doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's he's getting out there a little bit more with uh, he's getting out there more with the tours and 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 events and things like that. But he, Blue Rose Mag, Blue Rose Mag, yes, that that's a rare interview. Yeah. I would definitely recommend you check that out. Yeah, but yeah, that was kind of special to have the two of them together, kind of hanging and remembering times together. Yeah, I mean, it's like six minutes. Um, I I personally I didn't find anything real of anything real of substance. No, but it was just a lot of fun to watch these two. Sweet. People hang out out of character and talk about uh, Twin Peaks. I have two things that I really liked about this. Kimmy did say how she seemed not to know what was going on or what they were doing each day of shooting. She did mention how she would show up, they give her a script. That was what she was doing for the day. She didn't know where anything was going to go or happening. And my two favorite things they said. First, Kimmy says... Season three opened up doors and made it bigger, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And Harry uh, said, I want people to tell me what Twin Peaks is all about. I want to know. These two characters are outside the mystery. Like, you have this big mystery happening. And And they've always been outside the mystery. I mean, sometimes Andy would kind of, like, figure out the map or he would do something like that. But they were always kind of outside. They were always the comedy and they were not really part of the big story. And then Andy gets... Gets swept into the mystery later on in the show. That's true. He does. And Both he, of them do in a yes, way. Yes, but it's weird. They start off in the outskirts. Right. And then they get Jack's, Jack Rabbit's palace. Andy becomes part of that. And then he becomes almost like, like a key member yes. of what's going to happen. But it's interesting how... I love how Harry's just like, I want people to tell me what Twin Peaks is about. Because he's right. like, I don't know. Well, here's the other thing. Harry is an artist. Like, yeah. He, I mean, at the same time, I feel like that's an artist, something an artist would say. He's like, I have my own interpretation of things, but I want to hear what you have to say. Right. Yeah. Before I forget, you reminded me of something else about uh, how, uh, you know, Andy was taken away in the vortex and he was... Mm. And that whole that whole Jack after Jackrabbit stuff. Well, back to part one where we have Cooper and the giant fireman. So that that scene goes a little bit longer, and the giant walks out of the the black and white area and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Lynch says to Cooper, he says, "Oh, look around, look around before you before you walk out too." And when he said "look around," that also made me think of Andy and how Andy was looking up and he was like seeing things, like he was like seeing almost like visions or something. Like oh that. yeah. And it made me wonder is like. 
was the original thought maybe to have Cooper looking and seeing things like the future and stuff? In the show, there's a whole thing is, do you understand? And, and Cooper says, I understand. You wonder if the original vision was for the the fireman to show him all these visions of things and that help him put it together. It wasn't just uh, lines. It wasn't just dialogue. It was actual visual stuff that mm. would help guide him on his journey. I don't know. That's interesting. You, you, that's my own. I didn't even see that from anywhere on the internet. I was just watching that and it made me think, boy, is, is Cooper experiencing the same thing as Andy? Like, is he getting more information than just things that the giant are say, is saying and to maybe him. they left it out because maybe they were like well that get too much away probably yeah. right it probably was like it's two on I, the nose. I actually feel like that's i feel like that to me is lynch like i think lynch and i think i thought i read this somewhere lynch will kind of get right stuff out there and then he purposely starts editing things out that would make it so you <laughs> there's no way for you to actually process it fully and like he wants people to just kind of figure it out themselves right. in their own right like right. he purposely like like yeah we had this idea that Cooper was going to be able to see the doppelganger and he was going to be able to see this and information and put things together but let's take that out and now all he knows is like, I understand <laughs> yeah yeah I agree I agree with that I think I think yeah I bet you Lynch was like no nah, we don't need that but hey. We need to get it in case I do want it. Or he originally wanted it. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the editing process or you get to it, you just like, I don't need it. So let's go into the last thing. This was probably the big get was with uh, Kyle McLaughlin and Cheryl Lee being interviewed by uh, Kristen McKinnon. McKinnon. The crazy thing is I can't remember in almost the 30 years of Kyle and uh, Cheryl Lee actually being interviewed together. I can't remember an actual interview, maybe for Firewalk With Me, but I don't remember any time where they're together. It's funny because they start off the interview saying, like, you know, you guys didn't share any scenes other than you were a dead girl. Yes. In the beginning. Right. You know, like, and then even, Red Room, right. Yeah. yeah, even as Maddie, they never shared a uh, um, screen time. Not really. No. I'm trying to think about it. He gave a glance at her in the funeral, but I'm trying to think if he ever had an interview I with her. I don't think so. Yeah, other than the Red Room was the only time they were really together. Yeah. For the story, she was just a dead girl. And that's something. <laughs> and it was nice to see, you know, behind the scenes, there was a moment in the Red Room where Kyle and 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 Shirley are are sitting next to you, chit chatting, waiting for their scene to begin. But it was kind of nice, like oh, they get to have a a moment to kind of catch up and stuff. Because I don't know, you don't see that. Like you only see these these characters in these moments. Right. Um. It was cool. Some of the key my key moments from this interview. She asked Kyle about the Red Room. What he thought about the Red Room, and yeah. it was interesting how he said it. He thought it was a a way station. It really has no time. And that uh, kind of goes with waste, our, yeah. our our theories that the Red Room has no time. That's yes. something we've been saying for a long time, that it feels like it's just timeless. It has that, no yeah. beginning or end or future or present. It's just there. True. And he feels the same way. Yeah. And episode 29, you know, season two, the last episode, uh, the little man from another place says, this is the waiting room. And there's always been interpretation is like, is the red room the waiting room? Or is it just this block of space that they're in that is considered the waiting room? And that's always been, I think there's been a debate to some fans. And, yeah. You know, talking about this could the whole red room be a waiting room? Like, could the, could the whole thing just be? Yeah, right. I don't know. You don't know. Um, also, some interesting nuggets. She had asked Kyle about the first twenty minutes of episode three, and getting sucked into the uh, socket. 
and yeah. going into the purple place. Right. And it was interesting because Kyle said he watched it week to week, just like uh, Cheryl Lee did. They didn't know anything that was going to happen. But he was saying when he filmed that stuff, he felt it to be more peaceful. And then he was like, he saw it so differently with the music and the thumping. And they're like, oh. That's funny. You know, like how different it was with the music and how Lynch did everything. Yeah. But for him, he thought it was more peaceful. Isn't that something? It's very interesting uh, takeaway. It started off peaceful when he landed like the water like at first. But no, yeah. it's, a, it's It a got little, really crazy. Yeah. And that is something that for actors that they don't know what the music is or what the atmosphere is going to be. It's all in Lynch's head. Right. He knows, like, it all. Um, he, they both mentioned how it's one page a day for the actors of season three, something we touched upon. They just get that one page for what they're doing, and then the page goes away. Another thing that caught my ears was hearing Kyle talking about the sex scene with Diane. He said it was very sad. Mm. Uh, he described it as a very sad scene for yeah. both of them, for the characters, I guess. Just very sad. And going to Mark Frost's book about the whole sex ritual. Right. And then we knew something was going to happen because Diane's feeling his face, and there's no emotion between neither of them. And the next day, it's like they're different people. They're in a different place. There's a different car outside. Yes. It's weird. And yeah, it was sad. I think it, it for me, it, it came off that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things that I, you know, I think about and, and you do question as, you know, she was raped and like she, whether that be raped by Cooper or raped by his doppelganger, it's still the same face. And like mm -hmm. how hard it's like, she loves Agent Cooper, but you know, she went through a traumatic thing and like i don't know i mean i'm not an expert on this but i think victims in general i think once they've been victimized like that i think no matter what your face looks like that is a hard thing to then try to be with somebody else after going through something like that right I and, don't and, know. and and they're doing the scene out of context that's true too I you don't, know yeah, you know they, what did lunch you know, I mean, Kyle read the whole script, so he should have a, some idea of where That's it was. True. I think, but it yeah. is, it is a, it's disturbing. It's 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 difficult. I. It is interesting. He uses the word sad. He I said mean, sad. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's so funny. You think we're ending on a happy note, like you, the reunited Diane and Cooper, and then they go off on an adventure, and you know when they think that they they will complete their <laughs> moment of love, it is a. It's not a. It's not a happy ending. No, no. Another thing was interesting. Um, uh, Shirley was asked, who is Carrie Page? And her answer was very interesting. David Lynch gave her no answer and about who Carrie Page was. Nothing. Yes. And Shirley herself, she said what she thinks who she is is coming from a logical mind set that might not be what it really is. That's all she said. Basically, she said, my logical mind tells me who she is. But that's probably not true. Laura Bomber. I always saw it as Dougie Jones is to Cooper as what Carrie Page is to Laura Palmer. That's how I saw it. But Dougie Jones is Cooper. And Carrie Page is Laura <laughs> no, Palmer. But I'm saying it's I a know. journey out. It's it an is. odyssey. Right. And maybe that's her awakening. I agree with you. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm saying there are the same but maybe we just need another season to try to figure this out it's you know <laughs> they talked about that they asked the meaning of the ending and kyle thinks this is not the end by any means 
and Cheryl Lee said, said seems to know really um she said she doesn't really know if it's the end or not but she also said something interesting like there's been times in her life where she's like this is not the end and then later on she finds out that it is the end yeah. and there's times in her life where it's like this is the end right but then come to find out it will continue she was very like yeah. so she doesn't know but kyle feels like this is not the end by any means is what right. he said so who knows yeah also, the very end of this interview, Kyle and Shirley asked each other a question. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. They just, Kyle cheated, though. I think he used the same question that she gave. Because it was a great question. It, it, was, was, great. What, it was, what does the character mean to you? Did you grow? It you was know, a good question. Do you learn from the character? A character learn from you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just, oh my, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but it was, it was cool to hear them talk about these yeah. characters that have been part of them. For this thirty years now, yeah. you know, and um, something else. It was really cool. I mean, this box set was amazing. That interview, that was just a little bit, but it was like an hour, a little over an hour. It was. I didn't think. I was amazed we got that much of, from both of them. Oh, I mean, it was. Yeah, it, it was, was good. Special. Yeah. It was really good. But this whole box set's amazing. What would you say? It's a. I would say it's a must must have. I think so. I really do think it's a must I have. Must I mean, there's so many levels. If you really care about quality and you want to see the the highest resolution, and you have a 4K TV and a 4K uh, Blu-ray player, I would say get that to be able to see part eight and the pilot. The pilot is great because you know to be. Able, I want to rewatch it for the 30th anniversary in April. And then have all these extras if you care about the like like to see the behind the scene and seeing David Lynch at work that makes it extra special and stuff like that. And he's so. never going to talk about this. His actions speak louder than he'll his yeah. words. This is it. This right. is this is what you're going to get. That's true. Unless you're going to pay eighty dollars to watch, teach him teach you how to direct, right? right? Is that what he does in that series? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going to pay that money, but this is like master class, master class, yeah. right? But this is so cool, like. But yeah, yeah, yeah you're not. But you want to, if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, I mean, to. And here's the thing: it, it always comes down to two. Have you gotten the other previous? Have you gotten the missing pieces? If you didn't get the missing pieces, uh, mm -hmm. Blu-ray, boy, this has all the missing pieces stuff. It has, you know, you know that's huge and stuff like that. That you. Yeah. You're able to get all the extras from the previous uh, Blu-ray DVDs. So the two things that would be cool if whenever this happens, would be re-releasing those audio commentaries from season one and two. Was there an audio commentary in two or just one? Just one. So that would be... See, that's Never going to happen. You think it's only on the gold box, right? Not even the gold box. What, what is that? Only I on the DVDs that came out, yep. the original DVDs? It's never going to happen. Lynch will never approve that. Those were good, huh? That's something I haven't I mean, heard. I think, it's, I think it's pretty special to have somebody like uh, Harley Payton talk or... You have like the designer, and you have you have different directors, uh, so Jill and cool. Hall. I mean, there was a bunch of them. So yeah, it was it was pretty special to get that. Yeah, so, I love auto commentaries. I actually think auto commentaries seem to be going away. I don't mm. think I think a lot of these Blu-rays you get now, even if you some of you can't even get Blu-rays on things anymore. They seem like they want to just stream. But mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. feel like there's as many extras, and that seems like one of the things that are going away is auto commentaries, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I think it's one of those things I really would recommend if you want to hear auto uh, commentaries. You might just want to pick up that DVD. And then the other thing that it surprised me. Is those cut scenes from the original series? You see them online, deleted the deleted scenes yeah. or the bloopers, right? 
And that's part of the that's part of the missing pieces packaging of the uh, not Firewalk Me stuff. I'm talking about like the original show. Oh well, I mean, so that goes back to that goes back. Where are to, they from? Where do they originate from? Well, if you're talking what I think you're talking about, there were there was film footage that was thrown out and right. people went through the trash and they they got oh. deleted scenes and stuff. So Okay. That's so so, so there those are things that like people found. They found like oh, that's you know a shame. Bruce Phillips who's a collector, he he would make it available like I think when I was a kid, 15 and stuff, he had it on VHS. I think you can get it from DVD. If you went to to eBay and did Bruce Phillips uh, you could find uh, some Ooh, of his stuff. I will cool. say the quality is horrible. It was probably like transferred to VHS and then from VHS it was put on DVD, but the quality is horrendous. The sound is horrendous, but you kind of get to see a little bit of deleted scenes that are not going to ever probably be made available uh, on Blu-ray or DVD. Because there was a great blooper reel of Miguel uh, screwing up his lines or oh, trying yeah. out different lines that came on YouTube. Okay. And I was just like, oh my God, how right. come we don't see this stuff? And they do, I mean, I there are some, I mean, I know I there's one, she's on one of the packaging, I mean, but I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. But you're right, there's stuff out there that we, I don't, I think has been lost or they, uh-huh. they don't have anymore and you might be able to get through like Bruce Phillip on eBay or something. I'll have to but. check that out because that, that's kind of, I wish that kind of stuff existed. I know. Like, I'm like, what if we, like, we email, we, we sent a package to Sabrina and we found this. <laughs> Oh, but the quality is so bad. They can retouch it. They have the technology. I, I mean, anyway. We, we, we are very blessed for we all We are very blessed for what we got. Totally. I mean, it is, it is it, Z to A. It is a great box set. Again, 25000 is all they're making. I almost, if I have some extra money, I might have to buy another one just in case I <laughs> scratch up this one here. It. For the price, it dropped down. I think it's like a little over a hundred, hundred and thirty, hundred. Some places it's gone down to eighty. Like it holy macro! I think it was on Amazon. Maybe it was limited time. It was like eighty bucks. Wow! So I get it? Why I can look right now, but I, I'm sure it's not that price anymore. But I think the no. other day it was eighty bucks. But get it while you can, folks. I, I we highly recommend it. Oh, it's now uh, on Amazon currently a hundred and ten. Hundred and ten. That's still cheaper than. I know. Was that one fifty originally? One fifty original. Yeah. And then I think when it got released, it was like one thirty. Yeah. It dropped. But still, um, it's a great present to that Twin Peaks fan in your life, or uh, to yourself, as Cooper would say. You know, give, give your, yourself a present. Give right? yourself a present. I, I want to know: Will Firewalk with Me be put on four K for the thirtieth anniversary when it comes? Which is still it's two interesting years away. they didn't put that in 4K for this release. Right, that's why I mean I'm my I'm always thinking ahead. It's like for the 30th anniversary of Firewalk with Me, which is two years away, will they be putting it out? Is it more than yeah? It's two about two years away. I always think it would be beautiful on 4K. Yeah, I mean, why not? I think that's one of my favorite Lynch's yeah. movies. It's interesting. It's my third. Like well, I have Firewalk with Me on the on um, the big the, the first box set. They put everything together. Right. Then I have the Criterion yep, version. Um, and now I have the I have the version that comes with this. <laughs> so it's getting up there with Star Wars. It's like I, I have Star Wars on VHS, twice, DVD, Blu-ray. Every five years, you got to upgrade to the next uh, thing. I know, I know. But it is really cool. I mean, it's I, I, I think we'd love to hear what, what if you guys, if anybody's you know, listening and, and you bought – 
this set, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, you can email us, you can write to us. Give us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com or you can go on Twitter at Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Uh, Ben's always on there. You can like us on Facebook on Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm uh, usually the Facebook guy. Also, you can uh, give us that four-star review and a nice little write-up on iTunes. And uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcasters at this point, I think. Uh, also, a big thank you to everybody who pre-ordered the book and who will potentially, hopefully, pre-order the book in the future. Uh, you'll be getting that special podcast uh, this month. So we thank you. Yeah, you know, the podcast could be out by the time that you're listening to this. And if that's true, if you haven't pre-ordered, you could pre-order right now and instantly get the podcast, that exclusive preview podcast. Uh, I hope everybody had a great holiday. Happy New Year. Um, I just can't believe it's 2020. This is the last year for Twin Peaks Unwrapped. We have, I, I mean, I can give you a quick little preview. We have a lot of cool things in store for this year. You know, we have community rewatches. We're we trying have, to finish season up to season two here. We're trying to get that done before yeah, the end of the year. Um, we got two more madnesses. We're going to be doing season three madness. Ooh. And then we're going to end the year off with one epic madness. Which one will be last a, madness. One, la one last madness. We're going to be touching upon things that we we haven't in the last four years that we want to get to this year. I'm not going to say what they are because if I do, I'll jinx it and we won't do it. <laughs> we have a lot of cool and special things in store for the year of 2020. This is the end of our journey this year. So uh, we'll just soak it all in and enjoy every day. And we're so thankful for that you've uh, joined us on this journey. And, uh... Right. Yeah. So thank you so much. And we'll be back in uh, two weeks, a week or so. We don't know we'll when. We'll see. Yeah, we, 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 here's the thing is, we've got about 40 episodes to fit into this year. So, I mean, we won't be on every week, but we at some point we're going to be on a lot more regularly and stuff. We're still working it out, but uh, we're definitely yeah. going to be... Uh, some months you might get more right. so we episodes. Have a, we, have a, we have some some wiggle room. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, just keep your podcaster... Tuned in to Twin Peaks Unwrapped because it's going to be... Subscribe and uh, you'll just get it instantly. Yeah, you'll get it instantly. Thanks. Oh